0: And welcome to Tell the Damn Story. I am Christopher Ryan, an award-winning hybrid author, teacher, multi-platform creative, and former award-winning journalist. Also on the mic is Kids Comic Con and the Color of Comics Exposition founder, Alex Simmons, an award winner since 1996, including an Inkpot Award from the San Diego Comic Con and three Glyph Awards from the East Coast Black Age of Comics Con. He has written Sherlock Holmes, Tarzan, Batman, Superman, and Scooby-Doo, among so many more beloved characters, and is the creator of the legendary African-American soldier of fortune, Aaron Blackjack Day, whose 1930s adventures comment on today's social problems. On Tell the and Story, we celebrate the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully, along the way, help you decide how you want to tell your own damn story. And we're here. Yes, we are. Alex Simmons, hello <laughs> and welcome. We're tell alone. Damn Story episode we're alone. 197. We seven and we're alone. It's just the two of us. It's just us. Just us. Justice. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we've had so many uh, really great interviews and, and guest stars for the last yep. Six episodes. That uh, in talking about this week, we said we should be the guest stars and we'll yeah. interview each other. Right, because
1: <laughs> it's been so long, I have no idea how to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: been uh, it was been fantastic. A, and ladies yeah, and gentlemen, if, yeah, if if they haven't seen the last few episodes,
1: yes, we have
0: available. Cassine
1: Gaines, yeah, Casine Gaines, who is the author of the very successful. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. Very successful footnotes. But no, which is a wonderful true. book that's just come out. And again, we're going to talk about that later. We had the wonderful Omar Holman, who is Black Nerd Problems, right? And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Then we had Jesse Holland. Jesse Holland, journalist, author, uh, one of the uh, editors and movers and shakers behind the book that was just released in March called Black Panther, Tales of Wakanda. Right? Tales of Wakanda. Right. Then we had mystery writer and marketer, uh, Mr. Alex Segura, who had also worked with DC and Archie Comics and has a number of um, mystery novels out, right? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that, too. Then we had Dr. Janina, I hope I did that right. Janina Scarlett. Yes, I just meant worrying about, I'm pronouncing her first name right. But anyway, uh, Dr. Janina Scarlett, who talked about using, you know, uh, nerd therapy, geek therapy comics in order to geek to therapy. help in dealing with superhero problems.
0: Therapy, you talk
1: superhero therapy she talked superhero therapy with the, with superhero therapy which is um and she sure she didn't formulate the principles behind it but I do believe that's her her title superhero yeah. therapy all right and then you know cuz we couldn't get enough good doctors here we had to bring in another doctor so we brought in another 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 doctor doctor Vanessa Hintz, who also is is a, a person who uh, is, is geek-friendly and enthusiastic about comics and things, but her big thing was... Horror. Yes. Therapy. Yeah. and horrors and horror therapy. And, and again... What scares you? Let's talk about
0: it. That's not how she sounded.
1: No, you know, no, it was not movies. how she sounded. Imagine
0: being in therapy with her. It would be like <laughs> sitting there, having a cup of coffee with a friend. Yeah, yeah. So same would, thing with she... Dr. Scarlett. God bless the two of them. You know what? I, I'm, I'm feeling like... I have some issues and I wanted to, (laughs) (laughs) they were so much fun. Oh yeah. So please listen to those
1: episodes anywhere. um, Going back, was it 90, 196, 195, 194, 93, 192, and 191. They're all great. And of course, everything before that. And of course, if this is 197, that means we are that much closer to 200.
0: Uh, Yeah. Wow. we have no. been at this for a while. They were very cool. Very, very cool. Good stuff. Um, and it allowed us to do kind of a different format where it was mostly an in- interview. And I'd love, we'd love to hear from the audience and find out if you prefer that or if, you know, what a mix of the two or whatever. But yeah, today, we just...
1: I mean, I'm sorry, before you go there, and I know you're going to go in any second, I- I'm also kind of curious as to um, what their preference is in terms of... we got to see this, folks. Like, Face, like lots of Chris Ryan face, right, right there in the screen. But anyway, um, whether, you know, you guys are enjoying the podcast, that's great. That's it. But I also, we've done now a few Facebook Lives, and I'm curious yes. about your reaction to that, you know. So, you know, write up. Let us know. Come on, talk to us. Please, please, baby, 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 please. Okay. So anyway, you were going to say, Chris.
0: Uh, Alex Simmons doing his best Spike Lee. Uh, <laughs> which was not <none> that great. <laughs> that's, uh, that's going way back to one of his... Uh, first or second movie. She's got a habit, I think. Yeah, that first movie, first movie. Yeah, she's got a habit. Hey, Spike, you want to come on the show, Spike? Spike's
1: you know?
0: One of those. We've gotten a couple of people that are the Don McGregor-style interview, which you say, Don, how are you? And then sit back for half an hour. Yeah! <laughs> and then about 31 minutes into the episode, you go, what about that Black Panther? And then you sit back. And you right, another half shakes. hour? Yeah, yeah. we had a lot of people who would, you know, just were so giving. Yeah. And as much fun as we started having each one of those episodes kinda took a dive into the deep, you know, and then came back up Mm -hmm. and still managed to have a lot of stuff for aspiring writers to chew on, which is very cool. Yeah. No. Well
1: you know, we you know, we gotta take a little bit of a bow because we picked the good ones. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, so what are we about today? Now that it's just the two of us for this particular episode, what are we well, about?
0: You today? know, uh, I
1: thought because maybe... you got something going on, right?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got something finished going on. <laughs> oh, 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 ooh, oh, really? Do yeah. tell. And then, and then I have uh, a rebirth. So yeah, I do have something. Going okay. On. Um, after 30 years of uh, teaching in public schools. First five on the New York City side of the uh, mighty majestic Hudson River, and then next twenty five uh, on the Jersey, the Jersey side. The Jersey side. Um, I have, in fact, retired. Wow. Teaching wow. public school. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, how does that feel, bro? Uh, it's it's such an <laughs> it's such a wild combination of emotions and um, energies and worries and mm-hmm. you know God bless the goddess because she has gone through uh, retirement before um, so herself started, right yeah, well, yeah she retired yeah. three years ago and now she's got an entirely different career being goddess to those who borrow books um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the library And loving it, God, you know, you just love to see someone so purely enjoying their lives. That's a goal of mine, you know, Um, but on the you doubt a lot when you're retiring. Oh, my God, am I doing the right thing? am I going, am I going to be eating cat food? Which would really, uh, uh, that really anger the cats that do live here.
1: Yeah. Uh, right. But one of them's your, your, your manager, isn't he? Yes. Uh, Silvio. Silvio. Who's right he's there. with his
0: you. way up. He's, he's sitting, standing right next to me now uh-huh. with his tuxedo on and his big, big eyes. Um, he does. He's always dressed formally. Yeah. So, um, like a Mater D. Yeah. It, we really had to go through the numbers a lot and a lot and a lot. And, um, I, I, maybe it's my Bronx upbringing, maybe it's, you know, the cynicism born of journalism or whatever. uh, But I I will believe it when I see it, you know, that someone is actually going to send a check, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you know, and she uh, she, the goddess has had to deal with that a lot.
1: Um, she's got to deal with something else now too right I mean because you were out of the house five days a week for a certain number of hours
0: and now you're right there this is true but she has meticulously managed her life so she is booked (laughs) booked solid (laughs) you will be happy to see her in the evenings right She's gonna see only as much more of me as she decides. Oh my God! It's not—it's not just one reason why we call her the goddess. You know? I got you now, bro. See, these, I didn't understand, this, but now I do. That was clear. These spiritual forces, you know, they guide all facets of life. Yes, she is. Are. She is quite prepared to minimize the damage my retirement could do to <laughs> her style and her freedoms, <laughs> She's going to love it when she hears that part. Oh, um, God, yeah. Okay. Oh so yeah. We'll see. And, and you know, uh, kind of sidestepping all the, it was a lot of beautiful moments with the uh, colleagues and that kind of stuff. And that's beautiful, but it's kind of personal. Um, and I thank them for that. Um, but with all that, with all the concern, and with, did I do it right? And did I, you know, not cross a T? And that's going to absolutely implode my, you know, pension or some silly nonsense. All of that seems to be working out to the best of its ability. Um, so now I get to turn and say, well, what's left? And well, I was what's next, right? Shocked, oh. Well, I was pleasantly shocked that what was left was. The energy of a rebirth. I really feel. uh, Energized. Towards this next thing. Which is finally. 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 uh, Taking a a serious stab. As being a a full time. Professional writer. So, uh, I I have written every day. Since. um, Since the day. After. My last day of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Mm I am. I have to put in some writing today uh-huh. but um then i will the you know the the role will be consistent you know?
1: let, let me let me just jump in here for a quick moment because, i mean i've known you for a gazillion years uh and i've lived for six gazillions, so you know those of you who listen to the show know i i I'm just an immortal this, but um but but I know that for mucho many years you were the dawn patrol of writers. You got up at like 4 yes. in the morning and got in some writing before you did everything else. And, 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 you know, initially in your marriage before children, it was early in the morning to write to then, boom, go to work. And then when the children were born, when the wonderful boys came into the world, it's, okay, up early, do some writing before I help take care of the kids and then go to work. Right. So, so now... Especially during the summer, because once yeah, they were so, up,
0: there would be no writing.
1: Yeah, that's true. So now the boys, the boys are are college grads. Yes,
0: they are. Right. And, you know? and grad school. Your godson graduated grad school. Oh, jeez. I, I, I,
1: yeah, I'm I still see him. Nah. At, at, oh, God. OK. You know, anyway. Uh, and I got three of my own who aren't there any, any these little shorties yeah. anymore either. Oh, so oh. it's like weird. But OK. OK. You know, we did we did what we did. But what's gonna what's changed for you routine wise well, now as a writer? What's changed
0: is that I can sleep later. Oh. Yeah, I've been getting up at the luxurious time of 4:30 to 5 o'clock. <laughs> this is fantastic. One day, <laughs> last couple. I mean, it's only been three or four days, you know. But one day I got up at like 6:15 and I was like, God, look how late it's. <laughs> Which is cool, you know, and the hi- the idea will be to um, put the water on for tea, take care of whatever you got to take care of in the morning, you know, so you're, you know, clean, you know, but not um, awake, not out of the dream state yet. Mm-hmm. And bring the tea in and uh, right, you know, for an hour or two until people get up, you know, in September when they're up and moving around, they won't have time for me anyway. But the idea will be to get that first session in, and then walk the dog or you know whatever. Say hi to Tina, and then when they're all going out of the house, a little exercise. Because I found uh, we'll talk about the end of the school year and or or this COVID year. What it Mm. did to my body as a result of being a very a teacher with and most teachers were like this. They had a very limited space. In which they can teach from because of Zoom or or right, you know, whatever the meetings the format where it was. But I've I've walked or done some kind of exercise every day since then, and uh, my body is starting to feel like a body again. just ah. cool. I felt like the tin man. I, I, I there were different <laughs> parts, especially the bones, felt like oil well, can. You know, <laughs> it was just really limited where I could move, and and for most of my career. I taught walking around the classroom, so I put yeah. in a ton of steps, and you know I would dance. You know, I don't know if something something was going on with a lesson or whatever, yeah. you yeah. know, um, you're very physical. Jump, I was not afraid to jump on top of my desk and teach from there if I needed. Um, but in Zoom, this it, it's kind of like yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You
1: know,
0: yeah. Three hey,
1: four hours yep been yeah, doing yeah. it, too. Yeah, I know exactly. So
0: you, you, have you felt a difference in your body as a well, result? Well, if,
1: if, if you could see my body, because all you're seeing is from, like, the, the bare the chest up, you now, would know that yeah, very
0: that my special episode of Tell the Damn
1: Story. Yeah, right. No, you're no. not going to. Yeah, I will. We will not be producing the calendar this year. And that's for sure. You know. Um, yeah, I've put on weight that I had lost and it kept off for some time. I put on some of that and I'm not happy about it. And uh, because I didn't get out um, and walk the dogs and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes I was literally in front of the screen for six hours or more. And then there was a certain number of hours I put in on my own stuff after teaching. Um, and I'm not, by the way, just for you know folks who may be new to the show. Uh, I was not a city of New York or, or or the county of New Jersey or anything like that. Uh, state of New Jersey. Uh, I'm a freelance teacher, and one of the people or one of the organizations that I teach for is the New York Film Academy. So I teach screenwriting and things like that. So for me, it was not only meeting and having certain classes of uh, East Coast based students here. But then, of course, as COVID continued, uh, a lot of international students booked into the New York Film Academy. And so literally you could be talking to people who were just across the Hudson in, in beautiful New Jersey or were at three o'clock in the morning in Bangkok. You know, it was like it was like really in in one way, it was very exciting to to be able to connect with so many international uh, people and get some sort of a, a peek at what life was like in these different localities and these different personalities and, and That was really great. And as a writer, I'm I'm thankful for that. Uh, but certainly, as a healthy uh, older gentleman, um, I've got some I got to put in my reps. Uh, you know, I've definitely got to get you know because my body I can feel it just walking around the neighborhood and stuff like that or going up and down the stairs now Now that the subway is kind of now becoming another part of my life yeah going up and down the stairs I went mean, this used to be easier hmm okay so yeah just to answer I, that
0: the real giveaway was when you know you'd have two classes in a row and you'd be you know set on the lesson and and, and this would be kind of what you're doing the whole lesson and for a lot of this year, it was the longest Tuesday night open mic comedy night. You <laughs> know, when where the co- comedy club is empty, you get like one or two people you're talking to, and yet you have to do your full set. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because there were all these black squares with yeah. beings, no human beings, Um, and that took a toll, I think, uh, as well, because I'm a contact person. Mm-hmm. But I would do like two hours like this in the chair, and then in getting up. uh, you
1: know. Yeah, right. Then Start like, the snap, oh, crackle, and pop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah.
0: anyway. Yes. Uh, that, uh, reclaiming my body is part of the plan. Yeah. Writing every day is part of the plan. Uh, I am on social media more, uh, interacting, and I got a chance to, I, oh, reading is part. Yes. Yeah, so let's I, get, I have to, have yeah, let's to, get read, to it. I have a to read, yeah. and I got to finish Cassine Gaines' um, great, great book, Footnotes, and ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you: if you go on any of my social medias, you can read the review. It's uh, Chris Ryan writes for most of the uh, platforms, um, and Christopher Ryan, author for Facebook. There you go. Um, yeah. And I think I shared it on Tell the Damn Story. It's Andrew. But, um, yes.
1: You go through puberty when you become Chris Ryan, author. Just,
0: that's right. Okay, okay yeah. all right, fine. Uh, look, just just checking. Yeah, go ahead. Put yeah, the author base. All right. Yeah. So um, the real secret. Uh, about footnotes uh, footnotes is about a show in the 1920s that broke the color barrier for Broadway and it had Yubi Blake and three others. It was like four guys who were in charge of creating this. And then all these people became famous through the, the play and all that sort of stuff, but it had been largely um, forgotten. And then the reasons why they're forgotten is part, of the subtext mm-hmm. of this book. And, and let me tell you this, the book is his best writing to date. Just Gaines best, best, best writing. Book, yes. And, and he's a great writer. I mean, he did uh Pee Wee Herman was a fun book. Uh, the Christmas story book was great. Um, we don't even know roads, the one on, um, Back to, the future. Back to the Future. All those were great. There's a couple others, but um, this one... Pop culture it, book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one is, it gives you that feel. You you feel like these guys are pop culture guys, and then you realize it's the 20s, it's the 30s, it's the 40s. But the subtext that it's woven in masterfully mm. is that this is also the why of Black Lives Matters. Why Black Lives Matter. It is the tale of deep-seated, embedded, traditional racism in America. Without anger, without pointing fingers, he organically... provides or presents America as it is Mm. in what could arguably be the most you know you could argue that New York City is the most liberal city in America you know especially in the 20s because Los Angeles hasn't really established itself yet Mm. um and the casual Racism there is amazing. The, when when racism is so embedded that black people feel they have to practice it against themselves,
1: mm, mm.
0: you know that's when you're like, wow. And that's only the 20s. That's a hundred years ago, right? And then o- one of the things is as they go and as it as. The story grows and America allegedly grows and all that sort of stuff. You see many, many things that echo today. Just like when we mm-hmm. do blackjack, you know, there are things that go on in blackjack stories that echo today. But mm-hmm. if, if there are writers out there who wanted to see a great example of how to do that without climbing up on a soapbox, that's another reason to read this book. It's uh, it's good. It's wildly entertaining. It's fun. Uh, a ton of um,
1: information. Uh, well-known
0: yeah. names. Yeah. Show yeah. up, You know. Um, and then you know everything affects everything else. So you know Tulsa happens, and you know other things happen. And uh, fascinating book. Fascinating. Yeah. So I was able to do that.
1: Well, let's hear it for Cassine and we will have him back on the show. Yeah. Well, because it's back. getting
0: a lot of national attention. I mean, it's not just, black, you know, tell the damn story that he's telling this story. No, it's no, oh, no, no, that this
1: is the one that matters. I mean,
0: this, of course, is a key. It's a cornerstone <laughs> yeah. for a casino Gaines fame. But little upstart p- publications. Yeah, like uh, the Chicago Tribune and Variety, and you know this little thing that yeah, it, may, it might make a run. Yeah, New York yeah.
1: Times. Yeah, New York you know, Times. All right, Yeah. Right. Right.
0: A couple, a couple of no things that. like yeah. that are, um, you know. So yeah, they're they're noticing too. You know, they they're, they're probably listening to tell a damn story and saying, huh, we should jump on that. Yeah. Parker, give me a picture <laughs> right now.
1: That gains is a menace. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. So, okay. So, so that is footnotes, and, and as I said, we're going to have Cassine back on uh, Lickety Split very soon. There was another book that you read because you've been knee deep in in reading now that you got all this free time. Um, and and there's another book that you read. That well, there's a
0: couple you, others. I, yeah. Okay. I. Um, we hope to have these gentlemen on very soon. Uh, this is um, edited by Jim Beard and John C. Bruning. This is Occupied Pulp. Fascinating collection of stories set in peacetime of World War II. You know, we, there's a ton of World War II stories, but mystery and intrigue happening in the aftermath of the war while everything is still a mess. Fascinating book. So that's one. And, of course.
1: Yep. Infinitum. um, Infinitum um, by um, um,
0: co-founder Tim Fielder. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think weekly I have to go through that book. (laughs) Because, you know, there's a moment of silence and then you hear the voice of God. Infinitum by Tim Fielder. You have to go and read it again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, Um,
0: I I'm going to do a review on uh, Black Nerd Problems because I think that's going to be one of the hits of the summer.
1: And, of course,
0: uh, Tales of Wakanda.
1: Yes, Black Panther, Tales of Wakanda, which Somebody I have a story. Somebody that we know in. in there. Yes, I have a story in there. That's right. I'm um, one of 18 wonderful writers in there, including Jesse Holland. So, yes, that's that's a goodie. That's a goodie. And which, right. there's, one, there's, uh, there's one you didn't miss. It's, uh, By the way, folks, for you who are only listening to the show, there's a bookshelf behind him of just tons of books. And one of them, just about – uh, California – California scheming.
0: California scheming. That's the anthology from uh, 2020s Bujukan, um, uh, containing uh, oh, containing a story by me. Yeah. There you go. There you go. With the with the, um, the Hellhounds. It's the premiere of the Hellhounds.
1: Yes, there you uh, go.
0: World premiere, ladies and gentlemen. World
1: premiere. Hellhounds. That's right. They were they um, were about we're right. To see the origin Chinese. of the
0: Hellhounds, hopefully sometime soon, because that book is edited and. Um, there's somebody who said they have a list of, uh, agents and publishers they want me to send it to, um, mm-hmm. waiting to see if that, um, materializes, if okay. not, I can search out my own, That's um, right. but if worse comes to worse, it'll go out, you know, independently, but I'd rather, you know, we'll see it's, what happens.
1: It's terrible how you just, you know, sitting back in the easy chair, you know, swilling down beers and watching TV all day, you know, not doing anything
0: else, you know? and, um, Making serious progress yes. in what used to be called um, a simple rebellion. Simple ah. rebellion was that slightly post apocalyptic, it was post political apocalyptic. It was what happens if America's hate towards each other continues, right? Mm-hmm. The shattering of America. So it's not the United States, it's just the states of America. And um, It focuses on a a formerly beloved uh, comedy icon um, who accidentally starts a a national revolt. (laughs) (laughs) Oops! Um, But I I didn't mean that. Yeah, it had this. Played by it As a positive ending, and then January sixth happened, so that has to be rewritten. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just going through it for tone. That part's rewritten, and another part is being slightly rewritten. Uh, famous last words, because I rewrote the first chapter about four times this week. Um It's really good now. Uh, <laughs> it was it was not bad before, no, but okay. it wasn't no, it wasn't. but you know you because there is so much exhaustion on the general topic of politics and uh, national hate towards each other that um, you have to really give people so, somebody to root for. And mm. and uh, inspired by one Cassine Gaines, mm. I wanted to uh, weave in the subtexts more organically and quietly. So um, I think that's more accomplished now.
1: And again, um, for the sake of focusing for our audience, uh, both books – um, the first one that you mentioned, which you didn't mention the name, which was originally City of Woe, City of uh, you know, uh, which you have rewritten even after it had won awards in its original incarnation. Yeah, it
0: won about four about four awards. Right, and then, and, 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 and I'm, I I'm
1: <laughs> I guess, and I'm going to I'm going to say this right now, folks. If you filter back through some of our other episodes, you will find the trail of the rewrites of that book and uh, several discussions that Chris and I went through. Uh, where he was trying to decide not only what to change, but because of uh, events that were going on, causing him to think about certain you know key social issues and personal issues. Uh, really, it was it was not an easy uh, walk for him. No, but
0: I, I think it was teachable moment all the I, way through. Yeah, you know? I'm not. I think it was, it was great not, material for the show. Was not I am saying. I, I agree I'm with you. Saying, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up that
1: way. That, right, because I think. <laughs> Those things coupled together, which I may do, I may do a special and, and fill those, the. Those those things really talk about the evolution of storytelling. And
0: I have, the name, I for the, I have the name for the episode. The yeah. Eclipse show, right? Yeah. The Last Temptation of Chris Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, then actually we have to c- close it down a little bit. The Last
1: Temptations of Chris.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. The Last Temptations of Chris. <laughs> To so, See my profile in uh, silhouette. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Longer uh, uh, hair. <laughs> a, it would be a crown of keyboard letters. Yeah, an <laughs> <laughs> <from> old Underwood. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Um, but having gone through the entire that entire experience, you know, for emerging writers, carefully going through it with a professional uh, editor, I, I swear upon that now, um, going through it. And asking yourself, is this the most I can do with is there a way to make this more diverse? Is there a way to and then um having experiences that showed the um the limitations that I might have with the nuance of um of some of the culture. ideas. Yeah, right. No. And, and and also, you know, it's it's
1: Very much about something that we've talked about or chanted many times about serving the story. And ultimately, ultimately, Mm -hmm. that is what you did do. So there's the rewrites on that. And then there's the rewrites now on Simple Rebellion. Mm -hmm. And this does speak to, uh, again, how one can do this. And I think on another episode, we should talk about how do you not fall into the rabbit hole of constantly rewriting, 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 and never letting something go. But we're yeah, not going to do that today. That's
0: that, yeah, yeah. But that but is sure. that's something you have to. It was a grave, grave danger. Mm-hmm. It was that on ab- the lip of the volcano. Yes, right. Dancing on the lip of the. Yes,
1: volcano. the fumes and the steam rising. Yeah. And, and, and but we have other stuff the, coming.
0: You know, there's, there's yeah. new stuff coming out as well. So stay.
1: Absolutely, it. absolutely. Uh,
0: but all of those books that we mentioned. Not the book that you talked about. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But, it wasn't. No, it was, but I wanted to, you know, we had yes. to get the unpaid this advertising. Out of right, way. the unpaid.
1: Uh, right. Make sure that we we so, are true to our sponsors who aren't really aware how sponsoring they are. But go ahead. Yes. You know,
0: somewhere so, in my journey through uh, the first couple of episodes of Loki and um, supporting materials, whether it's be articles or um, some YouTube shows or somewhere on there, someone mentioned uh a um potential well, we mostly uh have acknowledged that this phase i think this is what is this phase four or phase five i think it's phase four
1: yeah uh, the marvel cinematic because, universe yeah that the
0: big bad for that is going to be Kang the conqueror um and I got particularly interested in um a collection when, uh, w- when we saw the names of the upcoming films, the name for the second black Panther movie is going to be called Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. And there is some slight reference that that might be tied in with everything else as Marvel is wont to do. And I was thinking, okay, everything else. Well, Then Spider-Man No Way Home has got multiverse in it. Uh, WandaVision multiverse in it. Loki multiverse in it. Doctor Strange's upcoming movie is called The Multiverse of Madness. Wakanda Forever was ringing a bell for me. Then I remembered collection of the 12-issue miniseries uh, by Kurt Busiek and Stern and Pacquiao uh, Pacheco, Pacheco I believe was the uh, other uh, creator's name called Avengers Forever mm-hmm. and uh, I said well let me yep there it is Kang the Conqueror is in there I will show it for those of you who ever see this visual there's uh-huh. the, yeah. Um, and very and very brief explanation um, Kang the Conqueror travels timelines and travels time. So much so that there's other incarnations of Kang. One of which is called Immortus. And in this story, Immortus and Kang are fighting each other. There's references to a thing called the Destiny War. Um, Because Immortus wants to kill a character named Rick Jones, who we've never seen in the MCU. So it'll be interesting. But but
1: for for those who remember the character, he was the Hulk's buddy back in the 60s.
0: Well, yes, but they met because he was on a bet out in the field where the gap bomb was going to do on a dare. Yep. And he was playing his harmonica. Yep. And they would see it and they'd have to close down the, the bombing, you know. And Bruce Banner ran out, threw him in the the um, trench ditch because protected. you know yeah. in those days if you threw someone in a ditch, they'd, they'd be all be right protected from <laughs> gamma rays because gamma rays could only go in a straight line. Of course, right? They wouldn't as, fill as we in into a ditch, yeah, you know. Right. And he threw him in, and then the bomb went off, and he got absolutely bathed in gamma rays, yeah, you know, Bruce Banner, and that's how it became out. Again,
1: not dip into the
0: ditch. It didn't dip, it went straight. It went straight, so Rick was fine. Um, even his harmonica, <laughs> fine. Um, so
1: <laughs> Still plays sweet music, yeah.
0: So in the history of Rick Jones, he, he hung around Bruce Banner for a while. He eventually became kind of a sidekick of Captain America, where he, if I remember correctly, wore the Bucky outfit for a while, probably um and then he became um um uh, kind of he's kind of credited with forming the avengers or calling them together because uh-huh. hulk was on a rampage so he has history with the avengers he was around the avengers in the early days a lot and eventually he became um an, in a symbiotic relationship with captain marvel not the captain marvel we know from the MCU but the um breck Cree. hair, blonde, big, bouffant hair. Captain Marvel from the 70s, right? Captain Marvel was a guy with this, used to have gray hair, but in the 70s, he got this, like, well, you got a dike uh, blowout, yeah, <laughs> uh, blonde hair. But he couldn't be on earth or in the cosmos in this reality without somebody switching. In, switching with him so he so would like be like, yeah, was like firestorm yeah it was kind of yeah. like that, kind of like that idea yeah and they had the bands that would cling you know rick jones would go cling when there was big trouble and he'd go into the nega zone or some nonsense and watch how you and, say
1: that
0: yeah no neg <laughs> it was not the negative zone which is Fantastic Four, but it was right. Neutral Zone, nat, uh, neg- uh, something, uh, Oreo Oreos, uh, yeah, right. Wafers, it was some some, uh, some Some Zone, yeah. Captain Crunch Zone. I don't know. It Was some <laughs> somewhere where he could yell at Captain Marvel, but couldn't affect anything. Yeah, um, which was I, it was kind of I think it, I always got kind of a Billy Batson Shazam feel from it. But, you know, Cap- like, again, Captain yeah. Marvel. Any
1: number of references that. it, yeah. This but, mirrored, I mean, but okay. So
0: it shows that, that guy, that character, has been around for a long time. And he it, it was kind of the 60s answer to the 1940s sidekick, right? Or,
1: or the Ed Kookie Burns from 77 Sunset Strip.
0: Whoever, whoever, Da-da. Whoever, Da-da. There
1: okay. it is, ladies and
0: gentlemen. Alex <laughs> Simmons, time machine. <laughs> um, but, you know, Robin um uh, uh who was it green a green arrow a speedy, speedy kid speedy, yeah. all those yeah. all those sidekicks came into the comics in the in 30s and 40s because if a kid saw a kid working with Batman sales went up a certain percentage and that's why they were there um and this is kind of a you know, Rick Jones was kind of a somewhere in the high school age, maybe early college age around there. Once, you know, especially he became more prevalent once they found out that college kids were reading Marvel Comics a lot and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or at least that's my impression. What do I know? I don't know nothing. Um, but anyway, if you take this book uh, and if you read Avengers Forever, I think. Uh, well, I have a theory. And it might be breaking news for the MCU. you know <laughs> YouTube YouTube shows are always playing this you know this theory, or this is what's happening, and it's just people's opinions. So I'm going to play with that kind of thing today. but there is a world in which the people who work in the Marvel's you know cinematic universe over there at Disney Plus uh, have read this and pulled out elements of it to fuel the plot of Loki and put into place the building blocks of this, the bigger story of this phase. I think that you're going to find that the timekeepers, the three timekeepers, if you look at them closely in Loki, they're three statues right now. And if you look at them, the middle one looks like Kang the Conqueror. I think either Kang is going to be positioned as one of the timekeepers gone rogue Or Sylvie, the female Loki, will take the place of Kang and she'll be fighting the variant Loki, who is the star of the show, in place of Immortus to create this, uh, to either destroy the time variance authority and create a multiverse or to, to defeat her and keep the one thing. But I think what you're going to see is Kang stepping in. Maybe Sylvie is working for Kang. I don't know. But I I think he wants to create the multiverse and defeat the TVA because either one, the story is going to be, you know, like Sylvie, they destroyed his time zone or his timeline and uh, wiped out his kingdom where he was the ruler. I think they're going to tell something like that and he wants revenge or that's what Loki's, or Sylvie, the female Loki, is doing now. She's trying to destroy the TVA and create all these alternate uh, Mm. uh, dimensions. But Kang got all his power from conquering different time and different realities and then taking what he needed from that and, you know, even... Now, when he fights, he'll put his hand, he'll go like this and put his hand out into another dimension and pull out this, you know, futuristic weapon, you know, that can give him an advantage. Um, so I think that if you read uh, Avengers Forever, I think you're going to get a lot of clues as to what is happening um, for the whole phase of Marvel. Now, I, I have... What, I, I just I just have to say
1: here that the the interesting thing here for me, uh, and we've uh, alluded to it in a humorous way, is, you know, a Crisis Infinite Earth, uh, Multiverse, all of these. It's interesting to see how people, how creatives play with, you know, A, telling stories within the, the limits of the reality that we all exist within, and then completely shatter that reality and develop these other worlds and other uh, philosophies and theories and things like that that allow us to travel far, far beyond. And I mean, I, I can think of, you know, we're not even talking about Marvel being the originators of that. If you even go back to Doctor Who and, and you know, there's, there's always this possibility of something more than we are consciously aware of, And and the time theory is, like, so crazy because literally, like, right now you and I are doing this. And depending on what time theory one believes or rather reads about or enjoys, this has already happened. And there's a past that I could go back to. And there's even the possibility of a future that I could go check out because I'm in the past. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Is there a beginning to a beginning or is everything just a frame in a never-ending image, you know, a never-ending film of life, sort of thing. Are we all just one frame that's always in existence, but is is part of one giant picture? And I I find some of these things kind of curious, especially I think it was the um, the, the the last Avengers was it the last Avengers movie where the yes. Hulk encountered the Ancient One? Was that yes, that yeah. was Endgame. Right. And and she talks about the fractured timeline and how you know things are spinning off. And so it's like, OK. What is reality? And and if there isn't one that we have to deal with on a fictional level, then all things are possible, which which then could simply go back to um, if you think about what's happening within our real world, what's happening in our lives as people begin to. Because I just wrote something about identities. Um, you know, people beginning to identify themselves, what what their particular beliefs are or how they feel or how they want to live their lives or or they're born one thing and then but they feel like there's something else. All of those are happening within our reality. Just imagine multiplying that out into the many possibles and and where that can go and what that can become in terms of storytelling. So I just think, you know, this it, it just seems like the the pot has gotten richer. There's more we can pull from. And there are more more directions we can go in as we explore storytelling.
0: Well, you know, and I'm always wary of multiverses or time travel stories because they are hellaciously difficult (laughs) plot-wise. You know? Even as, you know, fine a job as um, uh, MCU did with uh, Endgame and all that sort of stuff. Or some people even like the Crisis on Infinite Earths that was in the DC uh, television series. Um, there's a portion of the of the social media community out there that can nitpick it to death. You know, <laughs> uh, you know it is what it is. You know, there's that argument of, oh, even if Cap if, uh, put all the stones back, how did he go back and have a whole relationship and then come back as an old man is is he this reality is he another reality is he you know is he on the cartoon Network we don't know um, <laughs> and uh, yeah at that point I mean, I, I, tell me a good story you know I'll make you this deal you tell me a good story I'm not going to cross-examine you you know yeah. but for some people that's the fun of it you know, and and God bless them. They're going to have a feast. Uh, if the third episode of Loki is any um, indication, things are about to go nuts for that show. Now, uh, I don't know what the consensus is, but it seems like you know that start that got the an even bigger first episode viewing than WandaVision or. The thing that topped WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. Well, you know, people. I don't, don't know it as... if it's continued.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. And I was I was with another group just the other day. Um, we were doing a panel for a, a con, which I'm not supposed to talk about. But bottom line is, I was with a group of of uh, comic and and uh, and uh, psychology professionals, and we were talking about two things. And one of the things they said about the reaction to Loki, to the episodes that have aired thus far. Which eh, I, I haven't seen, so I can't say one way or the other. But they were saying some of the reactions have been a little bit negative. Um, one pe- one person pointed out, yeah, but you got to remember, because of the pandemic, these shows were dropped out of their original order. Mm-hmm. So originally, Loki was supposed to happen first, then Falcon, Winter Soldier, and then Wanda. And it seems like the show that's gotten the most praise and was the most daring, which was WandaVision, dropped first. Mm -hmm. And so it was complete flip. And so it's almost like, can the other two shows live up to the first, which was supposed to be the last. And, you know, if you look at Falcon and Winter Soldiers in terms of storytelling, styling, that was more straight on comic book storytelling, but, they, they went deep in terms of the social commentary and, and, and a lot of the, the, the issues that that was dealing with. So that was very deep and, and, and grounded in that. WandaVision took all kinds of risks with the first couple of episodes, first three episodes, well, actually the first episode in particular, taking on a format that was so counter to what everybody theoretically should have expected for a comic book superhero storyline and then playing with the old comedy of the 60s and all that kind of stuff. So that was daring, but wow, did they deliver with that. Uh As I said, I haven't seen Loki yet, but some Uh of the commentary that I've overheard suggests that the feel of Loki is neither as deep as the Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier, nor as fascinating in its unveiling of the storyline as WandaVision might have been. Now, again, I haven't seen it, I can't comment. But again. I have, I can. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, A, you can, and I would be interested in, in, in knowing, you know, again, three different styles of storytelling, right. three different sets of characters, mm-hmm. and if I take what you're saying about the multiverse possibility, then it, it could very well be that we are seeing three different mechanisms that are eventually going to connect into something more powerful, uh, and and making it a clearer picture down the line. But anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll I, you say? Well,
0: of the three, Loki relied on the first couple of phases and almost like a clip show. The opening episode is almost a clip show of the previous movies. Mm. You know, so they rely so and in a very clever way. But uh, ultimately, what I suspect about the series as a whole, I think it's a six part series. I think that people are going to realize when they finish it that Loki did the heaviest lifting for what's to come. Mm. And and it's almost unfair to Loki. That, you know, he's burdened. With glorious, uh, um, what is it? Uh, I'm burdened with glorious. Um,
1: You're trying to quote
0: something. Um, uh, it's it's Loki's oh I, p- purpose. Oh, uh, I am Loki, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Right, and I and I think they are taking that phrase literally mm. because. Everything that he's doing, while Tom Hiddleston is so charming, and Owen um, Wilson, Owen Wilson, yeah, yeah, Owen Wilson, Owen (laughs) Wilson, while they are so, you know, it it's those actors that are doing the sleight of hand, keeping this uh, this series. Very entertaining, while the heavy lifting is going on. Because when you watch these three, you'll see as much, you know, as much fun or or uh, challenge or um, even adventure by the third episode as there is. And it's so loaded with teaching the concept of multiverse, explaining. Two very different takes. The TVA, which is the Time Variance Authority, would have you believe that the one timeline that they are living under now is the sacred timeline. And anything that goes wary is bad news. Mm-hmm. It, must be, it must be stopped. And the time lords, the Timekeepers, know everything that's going to, that is supposed to happen. And everything that has happened up to the end. And that's what they're protecting. That's a great interpretation.
1: Of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. No, (laughs)
0: But but another interpretation is that they are manipulating and cutting out any chance that would deviate from the end they want. Mm Mm-hmm so you 're going to have those two um, schools of thought and really kind of lifestyle choices are you going to be pre planned and very you know conservative or are you going to be wild and free and roll with what which you know what happens um, that ultimately is going to spin out, and the ramifications of that are already being hinted at 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 spider man nowhere uh. No Way Home, and um, uh, what is the other one? Thor, Love and Thunder, Um, Doctor Strange, and the uh, Multiverse of Madness, Um, the What If cartoon series. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what Loki's doing is going to have ramifications. Well, what the Loki show is doing is going to have ramifications for years to come. It's going to ripple
1: out, yeah. Okay. So well, it's in,
0: it's going to... I think I think in hindsight we're going to appreciate it more than we are right now. No. but that's not to mean it's not a fun series.
1: Let me speculate on one little thing as we are almost out of time. Um, as writers, and and again, I know you've had some experience with this, or, and we've certainly discussed it a lot. As writers, creating. The universe of a story, whether it's a micro story, short story, or a novel, is one adventure and process that we go through quite often. And of course, it involves plot and, and, and theme and character development. And sometimes people will write by the seat of their pants. Other times they will plan it out. When you plan out something long term, like a TV series, for instance, or a multiple series of uh, sequels for a film. You have to go, what if, even further, especially if you're working with brand new material, never gone this way before. And then a third level of that experience is when you are pulling from 40 years worth of a canon. And it's work that's not only been written before and storylines that have been explored before, but have been written and explored and developed by multiple writers. And retconned. Right, and retconned like crazy over a period of decades. And here comes your time to adapt. So part of it is being able to be flexible within your own mind, enough to embrace the material and honor the core material, Swim through it, live with it, inhale it, you know, all of that. And then to slowly filter down to the real gems of the material Mm -hmm. and understand how to authentically, organically and in entertaining fashion structure this new incarnation or continue the canon in a way that's going to appeal to a new audience and hopefully not leave the fan base behind. It is is a a trapeze act of of high caliber, without a net sometimes, you know. And I think that again, for especially, um, you know, new new writers, um, people who are aspiring to become writers, it really, is a, uh, it really involves a certain amount of that flexibility of the mind, but also, planning, allowing yourself to, as a writer, thumbnail, sketch out possibilities, brain dump ideas, and not or not, not, not be fearful of what's going to come up, and not be rigid in your original um, first wave or two of working on this process. Because ultimately, again, it's you've got to get it out, and then you get to go back and do the rewrite that you talked about constantly. Do that work in order to hone it in to, or hone it down to that final presentation, and oh, yeah. think that's going to be the, the thing that's going to be a winning a winner for you know whatever you're going for.
0: And one of the things that I'm learning with that, and you know again, I believe in the rewrite, you know. Um, Is that I'm more cognizant than ever of, one, how the world that you're presenting in your story works. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're abiding by the rules that you're setting up, I'll give you a very quick example in the rewrite of *A Simple Rebellion. uh, Right in the first chapter, there's a, a character that the main character goes to visit. And one of the descriptions of him is that, uh, you know, he's, he offers, you know, service with a smile, and safe, easy, small talk. And within fifty lines of that line, he is saying something that could get both of them arrested. Mm. <clears throat> so, which is it? You know, and you have to be you have to be willing to pay attention to your work with that much respect for the story. hmm. Am I setting up a rule that I break? You know, sometimes and and, and, and we don't want to get the wrong impression that you should sit down and write, you know, 27 rules and then try and write a story. from that. That's not <laughs> how it works. Um, But there's a famous anecdote with Alien, the, the guy who wrote uh, the movie script for Alien. When he was working on that, he was there are some things that weren't the logic of the bugs. You know, the aliens weren't, wasn't working for him. And then, as does pop into writers' heads, you know, a, a, a potentially unrelated factoid about these aliens popped into his head is that, oh, they have acid for blood. And thinking about that and why that was brought up from his self, his subconscious. He says it solved so many problems. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't looking to solve the problems and then made that up. When that came, he realized the connections of it, you know, and I'm not that writer. I'm not that accomplished, you know, but when I realized this week in that rewrite that I couldn't both say safe, easy, uh, small talk, And then have him take a risk, the same guy, take a risk in what he would say in this very surveillance-heavy world. um, You know, the story improves when you uh, respect the rules that are presenting themselves in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if any of this relaxed, just-us conversation leaves aspiring writers or emerging writers with anything, it all is loosely tied to the idea of, uh, creating a world and, and, and laying the groundwork, you know, you can go back and rewrite and see the things you realize or that you have realized later on in your script. That's mm-hmm. legitimate. And in, in rewriting, you can make it look organic and that's the job of the writer and the, and the, the secret power of the rewrite. Um, And I
1: I would also uh, say that also based on not only what you're talking about with Simple Rebellion and City of Wall, some of your other uh, accomplishments uh, I've done with Blackjack and Black Panther and some of the things I've written, but also in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe stories that we're talking about, as well as the comic book stories that they were based on, some of these things are based on, it's not just about the power it's not just about the costume right it is definitely about the nature of the character who is this character how does this character function what do they right. believe all of those things because that's where the human connection is whether you're talking about thanos or you're talking about you know uh, daredevil the right. human connection between your audience and these characters is the thing that gets your audience to care right Right, and, and then you can add on the powers, you know.
0: And one of the things that I, that is music uh, is is doing a great job on, and you know how hard it is for me to say that, um, <laughs> is, is that he is, he is so great um, at establishing characters. And one of the things that I think again, we're going to admire about the Loki series, when we see Kang, Kang's driving force besides hunger for power is pride. Mm. This is this is the thing. You know everyone has their own their their major flaw. This is Kang's major flaw is, mm-hmm. is pride. What better character to begin that or to lay the groundwork for that than Loki circa the first Avengers movie, that before he became a better person. Mm. You know, um because Loki's initial arc was all about jealousy of his brother and mm-hmm. pride that he should be the one. He should be. I am Loki. I have, you know, was it uh, glorious bur- uh, uh, purpose? Purpose. Glorious purpose. You know. Yeah. Um, and now in this story, ironically, he's given glorious purpose, and it's taken him for a ride, and at the same time, setting the stage if anybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe believes he has more glorious uh, uh, purpose Purpose. than this guy, it's Kang the Conqueror. And uh, I think we're going to see how, again, it's going to become a great thing for writers to study when they watch the things that were done subtly or as subtext for these initial series and how they start paying up, paying off and how they they acted as seed or seeding for the the major stories that are coming out, you know, in, in, in movie version or uh, uh, upcoming. I think it's so, fascinating how much the MCU emphasizes good writing.
1: And so in closing, we would say, please, as you enjoy these books and these TV shows and these films, uh, respect not only the, the pretty colors and things like that and the great action scenes but also the tremendous amount of character development and great work that's gone into putting them before you. And students, that,
0: all that stuff for yeah. entertainment first, and then go back and ask yourself how they do it. Yep. Okay. That's, so that's, that's the course.
1: We have more uh, interviews and things coming up over the coming weeks as we approach number two, 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 200. Of okay,
0: then, then the audience will be able to go on the Alex Simmons time machine and try and find episode one. That'd be <laughs> great. What did these two knuckleheads sound like in their first episode?
1: Yeah. So many, so many, <laughs> a lot like you know. this. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, as always, a pleasure. Always a pleasure, sir. Always Next, a blessing. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And everybody, take care. Please leave your comments, your cards and letters, you know, all that other good stuff. Oh, and please, uh, footnotes, Black Panther Tales of Wakanda, Occupied Pulp, Black Nerd Problem. California scheme and infinite infinitum nom 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 go out there that's great summer reading uh abounds
0: okay take care Chris take care thank you everybody it's an honor to be in your presence thank you